Welcome to the Regista Report. The English Premier League is back. Games every day, enough to make you dizzy. So we'll give you the highlights and lowlights to the action so far. Is it a bird? Is it a plane? No, that's Christian Pulisic slaying Manchester City and gifting the title to Liverpool. You're welcome from America. Next, we'll head over to La Liga and discuss the most romantic story ever told. Is it Barcelona? Is it Real Madrid? La Liga is up for grabs. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Regista Report. I'm your co-host, Joey B. And with me, as always, is my tall Bolivian counterpart. Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Ben. Benny Ben Ben. How are we today, my friend? Oh, good, man. Finally, we get to do the show again. Uh, honestly, a little bit in agony. It's finally over. Liverpool have finally won as a United supporter. It, it, it stings a little bit, man. Dude, incredible, man. There's so much action from the Premier League. There's games happening every single day. Uh, there's new information every single day. But yes, the biggest story out today is that Liverpool has officially been crowned the English Premier League champions. Incredible storyline. After 30 years, Benny, they're back on top. And I know that hurts you on the inside. Yeah, I'm crying a little bit on the inside, Joe. I'm going to keep it together for everybody. Okay. Just so you know. It, it yes. Still hurts, but, uh, but yeah, we're here. So much content, bro. So much Dude, content. so much content. Premier League is back. La Liga's been back. David Luiz is back. Arsenal TV is back. <laughs> so dude, dude, so thankful are, for all these things. Memes are back. So, uh, yes, let's let's cover it. <laughs> yeah, man, absolutely. But, yeah, first off, in all seriousness, congratulations to Liverpool. They absolutely deserve to win the title. Over 20 points at the lead, and we all knew it was coming. Uh, but before we harp too much on that, Ben, you're going you're gonna to start it off for us today on something you may have missed. Yes, yes. This is a staple of our show. Uh, this is the Something You Have Missed segment. And in case you've been living under a rock, though, you, you couldn't have missed Project Restart's uh, first game, which was Man City versus Arsenal. And uh, David Luiz's 25 minutes to forget. So <laughs> this Something You Have Missed portion is going to come after the game. So, I mean, if you, if you remember, he was subbed on for injured Pablo Mari, a calamitous error that led to the first goal. And then in the second half, he gives away his fourth PK of the season. And this is the most of any Premier League player. And he gets the red card in the same play. So, yesterday, he signs for a one-year contract. So, that's, that's also breaking news, too. But the something you may have missed portion of this is going to come in a post-match interview, which uh, we're going to play for you here. So, let's take a listen. David, I understand you've made the decision that you wanted to come out and speak to us. What is it that you want to say? Simple as that. Uh, it's not the team foul. It was my fault. I take the decision uh, to play. I should take another decision the last two months. They didn't. So today is the team, I think, did well, especially after with the 10 men. The coach is amazing. All the players did amazing. It's just my fault. Sorry, because of the distance. I didn't quite catch that. You see, yeah. you, made, you should have made a different decision. I should, should have taken a different decision in the last two months. Uh, and I didn't. It was all about my contract, if I stay here or not. I have more 14 days to be here. And, uh, and that's it. So today was my fault. So it's very interesting to hear from that interview that, you know, he seems to blame his contract indecision for his performance. Bev- kind of a b- bizarre statement, you know, uh, 
what did you think of that, Joe? That was just, just like weird thing to kind of come out and voluntarily say that, you know, is this was something in his that he, that he should have decided before the game. I mean, what's what's the enigma with, with David Luiz, bro? First of all, Ben, I'll tell you what it is. He needs another contract, and he's a shit footballer. So he's going <laughs> to say whatever he can say to try to get another contract. Uh, but he had a shocking game, and as Ben mentioned, he came on as a substitute and completely lost the game for Arsenal. So he, it sounds like he needed something to blame, maybe a distraction. Uh, but he's been in poor, poor form for Arsenal, and I'm super, super surprised that yeah. Arsenal have re-signed him, but I just hope it was for peanuts because he is not <laughs> worth any real cash. I'll tell you that. Yo, it's, it's wild. But th- just to give you an idea, too, the combined cost of the David Luiz transfer deal from, from when he first signed with the club, which was, you know, an 8 million pound transfer. In actuality, it was actually like 24 million pounds, which includes like a 6 million in agency. Jesus. 6 million in agencies, which is like, holy shit, that's a lot of money. 10 million a year for salary too. So I really hope, I mean, with the pay cuts that everyone's been getting with Arsenal, that they're not paying him as much because dude, <laughs> like, his performances have not shown that he deserves this contract deal. So I'm shocked as you are, man. And dude, I think unbelievable. Arsenal fans and uh, yeah. <laughs> Yo, but this tells you kids, follow your dreams because you can do literally David Luis's proof. You can do anything you want in life. <laughs> right. Yep. Right. But no, so Ben, that was great, man. I'm really start. I'm like super pumped you started with that. Um, and this story, my something you may have missed, comes from Chelsea. And there was a player signed in the early 2000s. This is right before Roman Abramovich, or right as he was taking over the club and pumping just cash into the team. They signed a player called Adrian Mutu. And he came from Parma. He was a prof- uh, prolific scorer in the Serie A. But he, he's, he's known as a playboy. Like, think fancy cars, think going out to parties. You know, he, he had this image at the club. Um, he has three wives who he's been divorced three times. Like, just if that gives you a mental image. And recently, <laughs> he, he was just appointed the U21 coach for uh, Romania. And so it's quite a turnaround, like basically a huge comeback. And basically his, what he's told the press is, listen, I know my image as a player, but you know, I can teach these young players to learn from their mistakes. Like, who better than me? Um, but the thing, too, it's about Mewtwo is he at one point he tested positive for cocaine and he was banned from Chelsea and he eventually had to leave the Premier League because they just had a disagreement over his contract. But, I mean, wild, wild player, but now he seems to be in a more stable position in his life. Um, so I thought it was pretty neat that he's going to try to restart his career. And uh, another cool stat of how good he was and how good he could have been had he been more focused was um, he's known as maybe one of the greatest players for Romania. And uh, he had the same amount of goals as Hadji, which is, of course, a legend there. So, yeah, very cool. Very cool from him. Dude, what a turnaround to his career. And uh, that's that's pretty neat, man. I didn't know that that actually happened. But uh, he was a forward, right, Joe? Like he was. Yeah. Yep, he was a forward, um, and again, he never just kicked on at Chelsea. Um, I think he only had a few goals there. He was signed at the same time Crespo was, and he kind of yeah. took Crespo's shadow. Yeah. But uh, he was a goal scorer, man. He was just one of those natural, talented players that, you know, with a little bit more focus, could have had a much better career. Interesting that you brought this up on a, on a Chelsea striker. I was wondering if you did that on purpose with, uh, with Timo Werner recently signed as a new Chelsea striker. I wonder if there's a, there's a little theme here coming, Joe. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, if, it, if we're going off of Chelsea history, Timo Werner will be a complete flop like Morata was. Exactly. <laughs> that's, 
That's what I was kind of getting at. No, do they? They, they have a yeah. history of failed strikers. I mean, Dina yeah. Drugba, I'd say, was probably the best. Uh, Crespo was okay. Kazmon was bad. Yes. Um, even Shevchenko, like that, that was that was a weird flop. Uh, yeah, Renato Torres. The list goes on and on. And, yes, it does. Uh, so, Timo Werner, you uh, you have some work, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Good luck, man. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. All yeah. right, man. Hey, so now uh, it's it's on to our uh, league restart recap. Uh, we're gonna give you like a quick. 30 second maybe recap of, of some of the leagues before we get really into our uh, good and, and bad and, and the ugly from uh, from the Premier League. Joe, should we should we do that now? Yes, sir. Let's get to it. All right. So coming up with Syria, uh, uh, the league table hasn't really changed as much. Lazio is, is fighting in to keep second and they're looking to get into first. They are uh, six points. Sorry, there are. Four points behind as of recording today, and Juve is leading leading the table. But the the big news coming out of Syria A is that Sari Ball is just really not taking the place and not looking good for fans. Fans are really kind of uh, fed up with a little bit of Sari. You can tell that Cristiano Ronaldo is. Uh, recently, they lost against Napoli in the Coppa Italia, and that's the second ti- uh, final that they've lost in a row and that's the second time second consecutive final that Cristiano Ronaldo has lost the first time in his career so things looking good for Juve to coming up with the with the championship but uh not looking good tactically and and to the to the to the eye yeah absolutely man I thought it was interesting too this is the second time that Sarri has blamed Cristiano for the loss and I don't know if you've heard too Cristiano came out and said, well, you know what? I had better teammates at Real Madrid and that's why I didn't lose so many finals. Um, but like you said, <laughs> it is not going well for them too in the locker room. And it really hasn't since the beginning. No. Um, so yeah, Serie A is back. That's fantastic. Uh, La Liga is also back. And uh, to touch on this briefly, because me and Ben will really dive into it later in the show, but uh, we have a tied La Liga. So Barca and Real Madrid are level on points. Real Madrid is at the top of the table uh, because of head-to-head, which means they've had the better of Barcelona in the league. They have a, a win and a tie against Barcelona. So really good news for Madrid fans, but this one is really going to come down to the wire. So I can't wait to dive into that later. Um, and that's sort, of, uh, that's sort of how it is in La Liga right now. Really exciting stuff. The Probably out of all the leagues, would you say, like the most exciting finish, I would say, right, Joe? Because oh, absolutely. Every, every single game from here on counts. Like it's so important for – Real and Barca, it's, it's exciting. Absolutely. And usually they're also in other competitions like Europe or like uh, the Spanish Cup or something like that. But now it's just uh, there's a huge focus on, on La Liga and they're neck and neck. So, yeah, Ben, well said, man. It's going to be a huge, huge finish. All right. Our former love, Bundesliga. We started off a lot of, <laughs> a lot of our podcasts with, with talking with Bundesliga. It's, it's, it's literally like the – Love. They're like our side chick, Ben. Not even former <laughs> love. They were the side chick. <laughs> it was like the brand new toy that we had and we were so excited to play with. And then, you know, all of a sudden our, our, our you know, Premier League is back. Our new shiny toy is back. And then we just threw Bundesliga out in the trash. So, sorry, Bundesliga. <laughs> but uh, it's over anyways. Uh, Bayern Munich has won. They've clinched the title. And it's just a normal day in Bavaria. I mean, they, they, won, the, they won the title like <laughs> as of any other day. So no parades. Just, it, it, they're, they're champions. But uh, Dortmund did go second. They clinched second this past weekend, beating RP Leipzig. 
Gio Reyna did start and he made an impact. He had a beautiful assist to Erling Holland. I think it's an Ar- Erling Holland's contract that he must score every single game. Like, dude, he's almost <laughs> every time I, I, I tune in to, uh, to Bundesliga. But anyways, uh, second place is, is all but wrapped up now with uh, Dortmund. Yeah, awesome, Ben. And uh, just on that, I'm so glad you mentioned that. Eric Holland, do you know what he said about 17-year-old American teammate? Oh, uh, yes. Yes, he called him the American dream. The American dream, baby. <laughs> I love dude, that. That was beautiful. Dude, I love that too, man. It sounds like they got a good friendship going on too, which is always important. But, yeah. um, And lastly, lastly, uh, we're going to talk about, just, just real briefly, about the French League. So um, as you might have remembered, we did an episode on this, but uh, dude, the French League had officially canceled football very, very shortly after COVID was released, which was completely understandable. Uh, but now the the feeling is kind of like, wait, wait, wait. So there's you guys aren't just going to – you're done? You're done playing soccer for the rest of the summer? So, so <laughs> I just have an image, too, of Mbappe, like, inside looking out his window and then just with La Liga on in the background. Um, but, no, sad stuff from, from the French League. I mean, of course, the league is, is very one-dimensional with PSG, but I think we've all would have liked to see them at least continue to play. But no update there, Benny. No, at least, at least Lyon. Leon had a uh, was fighting for uh, for that uh, yes that coveted Champions League position, and we covered that in an episode. We were ahead of our time there, Joey. But yes, we were Ben. Good mention. Yeah, and legally they sued the LFP, and they lost. So they their hopes are, I think that the that at least the 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 cup that they can play, the that they can get Europe qualifications through that. So. Leon's still still trying to fight it out in in court. So crazy stuff from from Leon. I think, like you said, <laughs> a lot of the players and a lot of the fans are like, "Oh, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, man!" And, and Leon is is the kid that won't let it go. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, dude, that's awesome, Ben. But dude, dude, so much Premier League action, Ben. Like, dude, tell us where do we begin, Benny? Dude, man, it was it was good to have the Premier League come back. Our, I think we're going to go over just our initial reactions and then what we're going to go through is uh, what we've learned, I think, since the Premier League restart has started. And then yeah. uh, we'll go a little bit back and forth here and then we'll talk about the biggest loser of the week. Or we could say weeks because there's been two game weeks that have just concluded. Or and past then, six or, years, whichever's easiest. Yeah, yeah. And then... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you'll find out. You'll find out soon. And then the biggest dub of the week, and then we'll we'll go through that. So, uh, Vamos. yeah. For for our first um, impressions, uh, first, what did we learn, Joey? I, I'm I'm gonna start off with say like it, it was not a good week for defenders with the rust, you know, of of coming back out of quarantine uh, after 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 lockdown. Uh, there's a handful of defending performances that I think you you would want to. Uh, forget so David Luiz's is obvious ones we just covered that Maguire had an off day against Tottenham in the first half he he looked he gave his best sloth impression Bergwijn getting beat by Bergwijn we saw that and then Dyer yes and then Dyer playing center back usually a CDM said hold my beer because Pogba <laughs> just went ahead and turned him like a washing machine and, 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 and did and did lovely work but then love love Lovren went ahead and, and did even worse, I thought, against uh, against Everton. But that was a zero zero 
draw. Richarlison had his way with him once Lovren came on as a sub. But the cobwebs are evident, I think, throughout, right? I think we could say that. that people, the first half, there was slow start to games. Most goals coming in the second half. Subs were making a big impact. You know, Pugba getting back in, the, in, in, in uh, contention with the lineup. Adama Traore making a, turning his game on its head and it was involved in uh, both games this past week. And then Pulisic, Chris, Cristiano Pulisic, looked hungry as ever when he came on as a sub against Villa and, uh, and, and won that comeback trail. And then and anything else you want to add to that, Joe? Yes, Ben, absolutely I do. And again, Christian Pulisic today pulling out the hero in himself and scoring a great goal against Manchester City, a solo goal. So, man, um, I know we're all happy to see that, man, and it's really good to see him get settled in at Chelsea. He's in the right place. Um, But as you all know, VAR has been a big controversial part of this season, this year. And after um, the resumption of the Premier League, it's still shit, man. <laughs> it's still so shit. Yeah, um, still a lot of controversy around VAR. Seems, England seems like they can't get it right, but um, yeah, you're talking yeah, about I, the first game, right? You're talking about the first that was a Sheffield United versus Austin Villa when when the ball clearly, clearly went into the back of the net. The goalkeeper had it, and he was in his own net. Basically. He was inside of his net, dude, and I'm pretty sure the AR could see it from where he was standing. But yeah. at that point, he was waiting for the sensor to go off to on the referee's watch to say it was a goal. But, dude, VAR still manages to fuck it up. It's still shit. Yeah. Um, but it, it's crazy. It just it sucks that it's, it's so, like, so rusty. There's so much uh, that needs to be refined. But, dude, on a positive note, um, I think that's really important going in um, to the remainder of the games of the Premier League is I think what you're going to see the difference is, is between the players and the teams is going to actually come down to the managers. Um, I think it's more so going to be a tactical battle of how your team sets up, uh, more so of individual performances when I think you have more time in between games. Um, and just, just for a second here, you got to think about all the talent in the Premier League in terms of management. Um, some of the big names is Pep Guardiola, Jose Mourinho, uh, Ancelotti, all winners of the Champions League, and they're all at different clubs in the Premier League. So, um, yes, the, the Premier League is full of talent in terms of their player pool, but you, you look at the managers too, and the teams that are going to finish stronger um, is going to be um, come down to, I think, the managers and their influence with their tactics. And um, Ben, you mentioned Man U and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, and I've always been an advocate for him to, to stay at the club and stay longer. Um, what did you think of the two results that they had and, and how do you think you guys are going to finish the season now? Dude, so I feel like that's a great point that you said with the quality of managers at full display. I think there's a lot of managers out there that are also have something to prove. You know, okay. Arteta being that, as, as we as we kind of uh, going to talk about them in a little bit. But Oligana Shashar is definitely in that category on that something, you know, that they, they need to prove. They have, they have something to prove here. So within their two games, bro, I, I love the, the second game against Sheffield United. They absolutely dominated that game from finish, from first whistle to the end. So I think he's, he's getting his team up and, and going, and they're, they're all guns blazing, especially now with Pogba back, Rashford yes. back, getting them all to gel. And, and they're just playing with extreme confidence right now, is from what I've seen from the, from the second half of the Tottenham game and then the full display against Sheffield United. I mean, uh, Anthony Martial dripping with sauce, so much, <laughs> so much talent there. And I think as as Oli a forward, 
can give, I think, those strikers even more confidence. So Greenwood's even at full display now. He seems to be like every time he gets the ball, I think he's going to shoot and, and give a chance. So I'm, I'm really excited as uh, as a United supporter and for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I think he's he's doing well, man. He's doing well in his first two games back from Project Restart. I think he is too. And I want to ask you, Ben, and this is going to be about Arteta. If you look at the players that have come into management after their careers and the ones that I would say are more dominant or do well when they make that transition are players that have won. Ollie Goldschreiner won trophies at Manchester United. Mm-hmm. Frank Lampard won trophies at Chelsea. Steven Gerrard won trophies at Liverpool. Not the Premiership, but he won the Champions League on two occasions. Now, I asked you about Arteta. Yes, he fixed all the boxes for Arsenal in terms of his professionalism, mm-hmm. his background. But is he a winner, Ben? I mean, he won the Scottish Premiership. Uh, he won a couple of FA Cups with Arsenal. But does that make him a winner? Somebody where a club needs to be challenged on the top stage and they need um, sort of that mentality to win games, as Oscar mentioned last week. Is he the guy to do it for you, man? Does he have enough experience winning to take over that helm in Arsenal? Dude, that's that's the million dollar question I think right now, and what Arsenal fans are are thinking about, uh, contemplating at, at least right now, maybe. Yeah. Well, I would I would say that our you know pre lockdown, I would say Arteta looks like a winner. Like he the way he came out through his press conferences, I think you could tell in their philosophies and in the way that they just carry themselves that mm-hmm. they have that winner's mentality. You know sure you'd want to see it through like a resume of, of, of champions uh, championships and red and, and titles under your belt. But I don't, I don't think that doesn't have to just like categorize you as, as a winner. If you, if you won, you still won things, but you're not uh, at that, like, I guess, legendary status as yeah, he as, never, he never really competed at the highest level and yeah, won trophies at that stage. And right. He, and he wasn't a legendary status with Arsenal. You know, I mean, he, right. he was, he was real, very relatively, I think, well-liked, the club um but pre-lockdown Arteta I would say yes he's got that winning mentality you can tell the way that he 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 you know spoke in his press conferences and the way his team played immediately like you can tell that there was a difference so now post-lockdown like he has more time with this with, with his with the squad you you would say in terms of one-on-one like you there was rumors and, and that he was giving zoom one-on-one individual coaching meetings with some of their players right. And so that tells you a lot, I think, that you know he, he really wants this club to do well, and he really wants to do well. I think he picked up some of that winning mentality too, and from uh, from Pep and seeing that, of course, you know what what he did there. But I, I'm, okay. I'm a little I'm a little afraid that he might be overcoaching, that he might that he might yes. be kind of doing too much with them. But again, this isn't his squad that that I think he's gonna need. He's gonna need time to build it. You know, Pablo Mari is really his only signing. Now, David right. Luiz is a very questionable, you know, Jesus. So, uh, Cedric Suarez also, who hasn't played a single minute for Arsenal, they signed him on a loan deal. That was pretty questionable, too. But I don't know if the, how much that was Arteta. So, right. I, think it, I think it's up in the air. Um, but I'm, 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 I think as Arsenal fans are maybe kind of looking at this now is that they're, they're a little worried. They might be a little worried. They're in a very precarious situation. So, Yeah, well said, Ben. Well said. Um, Biggest loser of the week, Ben. Since we're talking about Arteta, who is it? Yeah, it's it's gonna have to be Arsenal. Um, two, <laughs> two losses on the bounce. Can we really count the first one though? Because I mean, Louise pretty much kind of shot them in the foot there. 
Dude, yes, we count it, man. Yes, we count it, bro. Because it's the same drama. It's the same story at Arsenal, bro. It's the same thing. They, they're always one step forward and two steps back, in my yeah. opinion. So, so, I mean, yes, okay, we, we, can, we can say that. The second game probably hurt the worst against Brighton. So they're winning 1-0, and you think they can have it all wrapped up. But then drama, drama hits and, and, a, and a silly goal giveaway. And then Malpai. Public enemy number one in, in Gunner's eyes. Uh, that was that was that had to hurt. That had to hurt. Yeah, fan for sure. Uh, watching that, but as a non-Arsenal fan, it was um, <laughs> which very is everyone very entertaining to watch. <laughs> uh, but no, it's yeah, it, it's hard. They did come back with a good result. I think today, two zero win uh, against Southampton. A little help from McCarthy with a terrible block. Oh there. yes, <laughs> yes. Half. And then, and then a red card in the second half, so they made things a little easier. So I think judgment is still out there with a sure. post post quarantine look for Arsenal, but they right. uh, they need to step it up. I think uh, one of the funniest things I think from from the Mopai incident was the quote that he said after the game. Do you remember that, Joe? That they that he said yes, that they, they need to learn humility, and that was a right. shot at Gunduzi who allegedly was taking was talking shit and saying that I earn more money than you and you ever will and. Um, all my players do too. And just, just so you know, Ganduzi is on 40K per week and Maupai is on 50K per week. So I don't know what you're talking about there. <laughs> I don't but, know. I don't even know why you're talking shit. I mean, you're not in a position to do that if you're Ganduzi. But I mean, yeah. you know, the good thing about being an Arsenal fan is we can't say anything to you that you haven't already heard. Um, so, I mean, there's ups and downs at Arsenal. They're currently back in ninth place. We'll see how they finish. Um, at the end of the day, but that club, and I would say more than any other club in the Premier League, needs to do a lot of work this summer in terms of signing, in terms of team togetherness, in terms of re-signing players in Obama Yang. But that club mm-hmm. is honestly in free fall, so they're going to be our biggest loser of this week. Um, but on the flip side of that, our biggest winner, and no surprise here, been Chelsea Football Club. Mm-hmm. I think Frank Lampard uh, has done a tremendous job since taking over, and. Um, he has the resume. He's won things, and he has he knows the culture at Chelsea better than I think anybody. And I think you're starting to see that. And there's a lot of young talent at Chelsea, and he was able to use that talent uh, this season and put them on display. Um, and one of the biggest, most exciting players, at least for us as Americans, is is Pulisic. And he, you know, there's a lot of question marks around why uh, Chelsea paid as much as they did for him, um, and if he could, you know do well at Chelsea and, and Lampard's the type of guy, if you're playing well, you're going to get the minutes. And, and we're starting to see that he scored as a substitute last game and he got the start this game. Um, so huge, huge from Chelsea, man. And more than that, two wins, they're going to solidify um, their, their, you know, top three, top four position in the table, which is fantastic for them. And just, you know, hats off to Lampard. And, and you talked to Ben um, about some of the signings they've made and, and sort of off the field too, they've been brilliant. But why don't you um, shed some light on some of the players they're bringing in, Ben? Yeah, man, Roman Abramovich is definitely backing Lampard. He's pulling out the, the, the checkbook. Impressive signings so far, Timo Werner, Hakim Zayic, and don't forget that they signed Kovacic from that loan deal from Real Madrid. So that was a smart, smart buy because I think Kovacic has been, honestly, yeah. maybe one of the players of the, of the, of the season for them. Uh, and now there's rumors of Chilwell as, uh, as they need, I think, a left back. And Kai Havertz, uh, that's also been a big rumor that those, keep, those rumors keep rolling in. Sure. Um, impressive, impressive performances for, for these first two games back from, from Project Restart. 
and impressive first goal or first goal I'd say from from Pulisic was kind of funny. He kind of just stabbed at it, and I didn't even think he knew where where his leg was, but he just he just took a stab at it, and that was all right. But the against Aston goal, Villa, yeah, against Aston Villa, this this the second goal. So he's two goals from two games. What a goal, man! What a goal today, dude! Tremendous. Beating beating Mendy for pace. He kind of like. He kind of, he kind of like baited him in, which was nice too. You you could see like the intelligence there from Pulisic, that he baited him and and that he was gonna come closer to him, and then he took an extra step and just put on the burners. Lovely finish, lovely finish. Dude, Pulisic, so absolutely. And I was gonna say most players been in that position when they know they're faster than the defense, they'll just kick mm-hmm. the ball in front and try to out sprint them there. Yeah, like you mentioned, not him, dude. He had the composure to wait for Benny to stab. And then as soon as he did, he was gone. And then at that point, is one-on-one with the keeper, and he had a great composed finish. A bunch of time, which can be scary as a forward because you might mm-hmm. overthink things, but he slotted it bottom bottom left-hand corner. So awesome, awesome goal from him. So, um, And the other point I wanted to make about Chelsea is they're getting the business done off the field. And they've signed huge players, but Ben, wouldn't you say at reasonable prices? Yeah, yeah, that's that's hazard money that they use for, yeah, for Timo Werner and Zayic. There you go. Yeah, awesome, awesome, awesome. So, yeah, and then, of course, we mentioned it before, but Liverpool has officially won the Premier League title. So, woohoo, Liverpool fans, <laughs> which is – there's a lot of them now. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From from Pulisic's uh, heart, you're welcome. Yes. The way, <laughs> so, there you go. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. But they deserve to <laughs> the they played They played the most attractive football, I think. I mean, they yeah. were so explosive, and they didn't – they couldn't lose a game there for a while. And oh. – uh, just tremendous defensive players. And then, of course, offensively, too, they're remarkable. So, Liverpool, you deserve it, man. What I was going to say, Joe, uh, off the back of that is, what do you think the end of the season is going to look like for them? Do you think they're, they're have, they play Man City next, uh, which is going to be a fun game to watch, maybe? But what, right. do, you, what do you think? Like, do, they have stuff to play for. I have some things that, that I'm going to tell you here. But what do you think is their, their outlook is going to be for, like, a Jurgen Klopp um, last five games of the season, last games of the well, season? Yeah, I think now that they've officially wrapped up the title, I think it's it's going to be good for him to mix the core of the team with maybe some younger prospects. Um, and depending on who's fit, I'd like to see Origi get more playtime. You know, this is an opportunity for him where he can tinker with things mm-hmm. without any consequences in the Premier League. Obviously, you want to keep your players fit and happy, but, you know, you have the title wrapped up. So now if you want to experiment with your tactics, if you want to introduce some of the younger players, and they have a lot of good younger players, now yeah. is the time to do that. So I think after a long season, even though there was a break in between, I think Klopp will sort of start resting some of his bigger stars. I know Salah was beat up a lot this season, had a bunch of ankle problems. Um, so personally, I think if his stars are, you know, there's any question marks there, he's going to go ahead and rest some of his top lads. Interesting, man. Yeah, I actually think it's going to be same similar lineup. I, I, for some reason, I think he wants to break records. I, there's there's the records that he's got to break, or they're they're on par for breaking. So most points in a season, Liverpool need about 14 points for a possible 21 to equal Man City's record of 100. Uh, they're looking for the most home wins in a season. Chelsea and Manchester United, Man City have all managed the 18 home wins. Uh, I don't really think they care about that one. I think the most points in this season would be most impressive, to be honest. And then most victories, actually, in the season, too. They are four away from matching the 32 victories claimed by City in 2017-2018. So definitely winning it in style, man. But that's what it Yeah. Happens. Yeah, it could be, man. I I think they're just so overjoyed that winning the title after 30 years. But, you know, Klopp is such a competitor. I'm sure he, he wants to win. 
um, as well. But, um, you know, if his, if his top lads are fit, I could see them playing, but there's really no need to, <laughs> you know, <laughs> there is no need for it. But, yeah, we'll see, man. We'll see how it's done. We'll see how it's done. All right. That's a good Premier League wrap-up, bro. I think uh, we've covered everything we wanted to cover, yeah? Yeah, man. And, and, and honestly, in the table, too, nothing really has changed um, in terms of placement. The top four is still the top four. And, and fifth and sixth place are still as close as ever. So we just kind of wanted to bring the highlights of all the action. Um, and, and that's kind of what it is for you guys. But what is just starting heating up is La Liga, man. Um, and for like we said earlier, the first time in a long time we're in a tight La Liga race, and it's Barcelona and it's Real Madrid. Um, and you see kind of Messi and his squad, and you see Real Madrid, Benzema and his squad, and um, been predictions, man, predictions. Do you, who do you think is going to be winner at the end of the season? Uh, putting me on the spot, Joey. I think it's tough, <laughs> bro. I think it's tough. Yeah. Looking at their fixture list, it looks like Real maybe looking like they have a little bit more 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 of a favorable fixture list they seem to be uh a little bit more cohesive i think through their through their style of play and through their attacking like mentality everybody seems to be uh, kind of on form whereas barca is like they they're kind of hit or miss you know so they're yes. just relying really on like Messi to just pull something out of his ass and <laughs> come up with something for real to save them so I, yeah I'm, I'm i'm gonna go ahead and say with confidence i'm gonna say real madrid are, are gonna take this uh, yes. it's going to come close though. I feel like it's going to come down to like the last game of the season. I wouldn't be surprised if they win all their rest of their games and it comes down to that head to head. That would be kind of, that'd be kind of dramatic too, wouldn't it? That'd be awesome. Ooh, that would be epic, man. Yes, sir. But Ben, I love the prediction, of course, Ala Madrid. So <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> yes. As everyone should know, you're listening to the biggest Real Madrid podcasters uh, uh, supporter. So yes, you should listen up. Uh, this should listen up to Joey B. He's, he's a uh, Madrista through and through. Uh, Joe, can you can you tell everybody for the listeners too just how you became a Madridista? How'd you become a Madrid supporter? Um, so Ben, we sort of had uh, a late on love affair, and what I mean by that is growing up in about fifth grade, uh, Ben and myself we started playing soccer together, and uh, I didn't quite have the soccer channels at that point in time, uh, but I used to go over to Ben's house and we'd watch all the Man United games. So, you know, I, yeah, I was kind of trying that out for a little bit in my Man United fan, <laughs> but, I, <laughs> but I never fell in love with the club. But I did. They, they always had good players. And Cristiano was a player that I think anybody would have enjoyed watching early on in his career. He was just so explosive. Um, but when Ben and I, you know, I think I was probably about 14 when uh, they started showing La Liga. And at that time, it was Gold TV. Mm-hmm. Um, e- ESPN Desportes would also show the game sometimes but I didn't have access to either of those channels until I was about 14 and I started watching the Galacticos and I was like oh my god like this team is incredible to have all the stars Ronaldo, David Beckham um, unbelievable team Roberto Carlos yeah. and this was really I, I would say too in 2002 after the World Cup uh, Brazil was just a standout team that tournament and I wanted to keep watching these players and it just turned out a lot of them played for Real Madrid so um, <laughs> I really started to follow them that yeah. way and uh, when we were 16 years old we went over to play in Spain and this was in uh, Ciudad Real which is of course very close to Real Madrid's training complex and the tournament that we played in was this huge tournament in Spain and uh, with DC United Ben and I uh, I think we're finalists that year and for like the MLS, what you would call maybe the MLS Cup or all the super wide teams mm-hmm. at that time. And uh, we got to actually go to the stadium and, and see the team. And so that's where I fell in love with the team. And it's just for me, there's no club like it. Um, but um, and in that tournament that we were playing in, too, it was like um, 
players like Dos Santos, before he made his huge breakout in Barcelona, played in that same tournament a year before we got there. Yeah. So when I was over there, it was just such an experience. I felt like a professional player and, and all that centered around Real Madrid. So that's kind of how um, I came to be a Real Madrid supporter. And dude, we, we played against uh, the Real Madrid youth team. How, how, how sick was that? Remember that? Oh, absolutely, Ben. Very unlucky on the day. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> dude, uh, I want to say, Ben, um, did we, did we t- oh, I think we lost 2-0 that day. But, yeah. uh, dude, outstanding. I mean, how, how many people can say that? And we got the opportunity to do something like that. So, very cool. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm getting goosebumps again just remembering those days. Uh, yep. Joey was a starter coming on and, and uh, I was a sub uh, and just I remember I remember vividly just like the lights and like man we're playing against Real Madrid right now and like could we see these guys in TV later on and unbelievable Benny un- unbelievable times unforgettable moments for us but yeah bro, yep. what's so it's so interesting too and I think kind of poetic is that like you know as American supporters as American perspective on the world of soccer like we're we're not kind of born into these clubs you're like you know we're not born in leeds and we're all of a sudden we just have to become a leeds united supporter you know we 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 can choose we have to do these evolutions we have kind of find the identity of a club that that fits just just fits us and fits our our style and joe you found it man you found it with with real madrid <laughs> well said benny absolutely well said so true man good for you man hey <laughs> so i have a question for you dude uh Okay. So you told me a little bit what my prediction is. I think I already know what your prediction is, but I think what I want to know is just what, what do you think sets these two teams apart, man? What splits the difference between Real and and Barca right right now, right now? So a legendary name, Ben, it'll come to no surprise to many, but uh, Zinedine Zidane, Mm. um, what he's done for our club since taking over, you could say has been unmatched in terms of his start to a management career. uh, He's just, He's just winning trophies, Ben. He won us La Decima. He, he repeated after that, which hasn't been done in ages, um, and not in the official Champions League era, but in UEFA, yes. But um, he's the difference for our club. I think for, for players, when you have so many good, talented players and you have so many egos, the only way you can really manage that is if your manager is a true leader. Yes. And I think... Yeah. Yeah, and I think if, if you're a player, there's not one player that doesn't know the name Zinedine Zidane. So if he's in practice and says, hey, you're not going to start this game or you need to work on this, there's so much respect behind that yeah. um, that you're going to want to do that. So he's been the difference for us. Um, and our biggest rival, of course, in La Liga is Barcelona. Well, Barcelona is, is sort of at a different position um, right now. They, Barcelona ran the early 2000s when they had Pep uh, as manager and Messi and, and, and so many talented passers and Javi and Iesta. Um, so that sort of their dynasty has kind of been um, cascading away. And I think, you know, they've been have a lot of new managers. Um, but the one focal point is Messi. And Messi's actually getting older. I hate to say it. He's still yeah. probably the GOAT. Uh, but he's getting older. And I think, Ben, you're going to speak to this a little bit. But um, the difference between us, at, we're on the upward trend. We have a lot of good younger players. And Zidane, with him at the helm, we're playing some really good football. We got a disappointing result against Manchester City, which I think is kind of down to one player, Carval. He had a nightmare that game. But uh, he's the difference, Ben, right now. And as long as we have him at Madrid, I think we'll have a chance. Yeah, that's well said. Uh you could tell just everyone just just loves you, Don. I mean, who doesn't? We want you right. want to play. You want to play for this for this legend. Uh, and one of the things that I just kind of stood out when you said that he, how much he was just like respected and well loved was like uh, is uh, Asensio's first game back when he scored 
30 seconds after he came back from his ACL injury. Prior to coming on, though, he was he you could see Zidane was telling him some instructions. And then like he was you could see Asensio's face was just so serious and just so focused and almost maybe a little bit scared, too. And so I think Zidane picked up on that. And then he, he you know, he kind of joked and laughed and with him. He said, you know, I think I could see it in like his lips or see it in his face. What he was trying to say it was just like, you laugh, like enjoy it. You're, you're about to come on. You're about to play for Real Madrid, dude. Come on. Yeah. And so and the first touch, man, 30 seconds in, Asensio scores. And then what does he do? He like he points to his smile and he points to Zidane. So it's like such yeah. a kind of likes a little touching moment. And Zidane, of course, doing his trademark celebration where he's like kind of slaps his head and, and it's just like yep. you know covering one eye so yes absolutely uh, yeah who doesn't want to play for Zidane what a legend what a what a what a time he's been having with uh Real Madrid but yeah I think what you're saying what sets sets them apart is, what splits them apart is Zidane on one end and then Messi is going to be Messi right on the right. other end he turns 33 today or sorry wow. he, turned, he turned 33 yesterday Okay. Uh, so yes, Messi's influence on the club has been massive, 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 and the teams have been built around him. You know, the the, the torch was passed from Dino back then in a momentous occasion where Dino chipped it into 17 year old Lionel Messi, and Messi having the lovely finish. That was a momentous occasion in the torch. Mamma Mia! Well, Mamma Mia! From the from, <laughs> from the goal TV announcers, what, what great announcers they were. Yeah, uh, but you know the teams have been built around him. He's had a list of past trident attacks. You know he's had he's had David Villa on one end. He's had uh, Titi Henri. You know he's had he's had just momentous like uh, monumental type of players around him. Now it's at Suarez and Griezmann, which honestly they're kind of both of them are a little bit fading too at this point. So that's sure that's one thing that's that's kind of not going for them on uh, for right now. They've had questionable transfers in that time too. With Griezmann being one of them, uh, I was I was the biggest kind of naysayer of that transfer deal. I I, I kind of called it a little bit, saying that he wasn't really <laughs> going to fit in in Barca's style of play, uh, and and it's kind of evident now. Then yes, Bale, because then, mm-hmm, go ahead. I was I was going to say exactly on Ben. I um, Griezmann I think is most comfortable uh, in a like a center attacking position, like almost like a cam, yeah, or even a even a striker. And you you'll see the games that he plays for Barcelona. He looks lost. He looks exactly. out of position every single time. And there's so much emphasis on the way Barcelona plays around Messi. Like you had mentioned, is it just wasn't a goodbye. Yeah, it's almost it's funny to say this, but um, it's going to be maybe a controversial thing to say. But it's almost as like Messi is is their reliance, but it's almost their biggest heel too right now because you can't build players up, you know, around around Messi's at some point to kind of like develop them. You know what I'm saying? So Completely like, agree. Like Griezmann is that type of player, and he could be a complete baller. I think the best game of the season he had is when he had two goals, and guess what? Messi wasn't on the pitch that day. Well so, said. Despite also playing like most of the minutes of any Barca player for, for Griezmann, like you said, he's been lost. In a bunch of these games, he like, seems invisible, uh, and so like one of the games recently that was Leganes uh, against Leganes is is that they they had seventy five percent of possession and Messi passed to Griezmann zero times. Okay, <laughs> that's huge. Zero times. How does that happen? Possession. Griezmann yeah. passed, passed to uh, Messi only once. So obviously there's something wrong there. 
Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know, um, so that, that's that's got to be. I think the main reason why he's starting is from uh from what I'm hearing is that he's just he's I think he's starting because of his willingness to defend at this point. Like he's he's one of the ones that's going to cover Messi's tracks. Obviously, Messi's not going to defend. He's one of the laziest defenders. He's not. He's he's just not going to do it. Right. So right. Uh, Griezmann is that, and I think Suarez is that too. They they have that willingness to defend and, and press. So. Sure. That that's one and two uh, that that I would say. And they have they they've had turbulent years under Ernesto Valverde, but now with the Kiki Setien, I think the fans are hoping that they can restore that kind of attacking close style of total football, if you will. Uh, so that's on a positive note, I would say that they they also have five clean sheets in a row. So Lingle and PK partnership is getting better, and they have two bright starlets. I think an Ansu Fati. And, oh, uh, yes. and yeah, yeah, and and Enrique Puig, and so they they've been knocking on the door from the first team spots with Arthur. I think also leaving to Juve, which is I think uh, kind of a done deal by now. I want to say, it, so that's going to leave more more room to uh, for other players to come in and step in. But I think the biggest thing that they also been lacking is is just their midfield, right? The creativeness in the midfield. Would you say that? Dan? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it would. Everything goes through Messi. You'll see Messi dropping really, really deep. Yeah. I think more so than he ever has in his career. Um, he still gets in dangerous positions. And when he's in the attacking third, he's he's almost unstoppable. So like you said, Barca will rely on that. Um, but I think I think at this this moment in time, uh, Real Madrid just looks stronger. Um, Benzema is on fire. We're playing like really good uh, attacking counter football. And, and one of the bright spots for us, you mentioned Ensu Fati, is Vinicius Jr., um, they're Brazilian who can play on either side, but he's just so talented. Um, and he's probably been the best player in the last two games yeah. against Sociedad and in, in Valencia. So huge, huge playing time for him. And, and we also have Hazard back. And nice. um, he's not as fit as you'd want him to be, but he's still, he's still eating <laughs> Hazard. So <laughs> I like how you gently threw that in there. Just, yeah. <laughs> Hazard, stop eating, bro. It's time to fucking step up. Let's go. <laughs> So, so what you're laying, what you're saying, he's been laying off of Ben and Jerry's recently. He's he's been. I think so. <laughs> yeah, he looks better. I think so, man. I think he's he looks better. He does look better. He looks tanner. I think he's working on his beach bod. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, been a big game for us going into August is against Manchester City, um, and right now we're down a goal and we have to play away from home. I guess a big positive to that uh, would be, at least for Madrid fans, is that we don't have to go into a packed stadium in Manchester. Mm. Likely, it'll just be 11 v 11. So that's that's a positive for us for reversing the tie as is. And I think Zidane, um, if you can give him criticism, he didn't start Marcelo against Manchester City. Um, and it could have been for fitness reasons. It could just been for tactic reasons. But I think now that... Um, Marcelo is a player that you have to play in big games because he he makes such a difference. He's so talented going forward. He's equally as talented defending. Um, so I think you'll see that uh, Marcelo starts next game. And but uh, yeah, the only downside for us is that Ramos got a red card against um, a Manchester City. Um, so we'll have to see. We'll have to play without our captain, who's yeah. just unbelievable player. He just surpassed. Um, the highest scoring center back in, in La Liga at 60, I think it's 68 or 63 goals. 60, so just unbelievable, man. 68 goals, man. Dude, what a, well, actually, I think it's 69 now. Well, 69, yeah, the free kick, yeah. Free kick, bro. <laughs> okay, let's talk about these two goals really quick because the, the PK, yeah. the PK that he had uh, in, in the game before this against uh, Real Sociedad, the, yep. okay, PKs are what my people think is pretty easy thing to do. But it's very technical, and you could see Ramos is just like a little stutter step, 
and then just throwing the keep throwing the keeper off going the wrong way just brilliant and then his technique bro in the free kick like dude this dude is not a defender he's i think he needs to play no. <laughs> give yeah him, give, him, give him some time at, at, at forward against benzema or or playing at play my cam if hazard isn't playing well but no for real dude ramos what a legend dude legend man just incredible center back and now that cristiano's gone too yeah. he has more more room to express himself, and I think you're seeing that now. Best celebration uh, post post uh, quarantine, I would say, it goes to Ramos with stroking the beard, just lifting. Yes, <laughs> I bro. Like I like that. That was that was fresh. That was fresh. I like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Most 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 goals is a Premier League defender, or sorry, La Liga defender. But then also he's also known as the the highest carded defender, Joe, highest carded yes. defender in La Liga. I think with a record sure. of like twenty something red cards, but uh, still does still just making headlines left and right, my man. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He had, dude, every time he plays, Ben, he has so much energy and so much passion. And honestly, if if you're going up against Ramos, you're going to get kicked one way or another. <laughs> you know he's just, he's just, yeah, you know dude, it. he's just a force, man. He's just a force. I'm, I'm excited for Vinicius, bro. He's, he's so looking so good every game. But one thing, one of his biggest criticisms before was like, he doesn't have that finished product, that finished thing. Sure. And what a goal he just scored against yesterday! I uh, that that lovely little flick, that lovely little volley. Oof. I feel like he watched yeah. y'all an hour earlier with with uh, oh. with his little chip. I saw that. I saw that. I saw that Vinicius. Yeah, that was beautiful. Yeah, man. No, he's a huge bright spot for us, man. And we always we seem to get blessed with Brazilians at Real Madrid. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he, dude, he fits the bill as a typical Brazilian where he's so explosive and he's so talented dribbling. And if you remember when we beat Barcelona yeah. earlier this year, dude, he was he was the game changer. He took on Piquet and, dude, he was unbelievable, man. And when he's on, you, you just can't stop him. So huge, huge future for him. Huge future coming up for him. So you actually think Marcelo is going to uh, – is, is better than Mendy or do you think like Marcelo in bigger games he should play? Like what's, what's your thought there? Yes, so I think the difference between him and Mindy at this point is he's better offensively. And right now we're down goals against Manchester City. Yeah. Um, I think the team as a whole plays better when Marcelo's in the field because he can do so much for us offensively. But, but Mindy is younger too, keep in mind. I think as Mindy continues to grow in his role for us at Madrid, yeah. he'll have more experience. But he's a talented player that can play with both feet. Um, but Marcelo is a player that, you know... It, it's almost once in a generation player where it was Roberto Carlos for him, for the Brazilian national team. And now it's, now it's Marcelo and you get so much from Marcelo offensively and so much composure um, to, to bring um, offensive de- defenders in to, to make him come close and pressure the ball. And he opens up so much space for his teammates. So yeah, at this point in his career, Marcelo is definitely my first choice. That's nice. Good analysis. Hey, uh, thanks, bro. So since La Liga is so tight at the end, uh, can we just go over just like the next couple of fixtures for for uh, for Real and uh, Barcelona, just to kind of give you Barcelona, the, just to give yeah. people, just to give people just a quick little sneak peek preview. So uh, coming up this Saturday, Celta Vigo versus Barcelona. Uh, Joe, what's your what's your take on that game? Easy dub for for Barca. Actually, Celta Vigo does okay against Barcelona. This is actually I saw them play live. Um, against Barcelona at Camp Nou, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if to see a draw here for Celta Vigo, honestly, mm. especially with with the core Barcelona team playing a lot of games right now. I don't think it's an easy win for Barcelona. No. Yeah, uh, Espanol plays Real Madrid Sunday, twenty eighth. Uh, that's a that's a crucial game, big one coming up there for 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 Real. And uh, what do you what's your predictions there? What do you, what are they looking like? <sighs> that's gonna be a tough game, man, because Getafe's in fifth place. 
um, and they're a team that's that's really playing well this season. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think for us, we just have to manage the game. Um, I think Benzema has to have a big game and take his chances early on, and then I think once we have the lead, we'll kind of sit in. Uh, but it's going to be a tight game, man. That's a tough. That's a tough opponent. Yes. Three days after Barca play, they after Barca play Celta Vigo, they play uh, Atletico Madrid, which has to be the toughest Whoop! picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Toughest picture for Barca <laughs> against Atletico there coming up. Yeah. That's that's gonna be a big one on everyone's book. That's that's Tuesday. Uh that's gonna be the thirtieth. And so and then the after that it's Real Madrid against Getafe at uh on, on July the second. So uh big games coming up, La Liga, stay tuned. Get your get whatever channel you're watching it through. Um I, I'm currently on the Fubu TV, Joey. Oh, nice setup, Vinny. Yes. So, Fubu TV, free sponsorship <laughs> here. If you want to look us up, uh, yeah. Joe, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll take it. <laughs> we'll take it. But uh, Joey, anything else you want to add to our our La Liga talk? Anything else? Any any little free shots at uh, at Barcelona? Do you want to give or anything else you want to talk about Real Madrid? No, no. I just want to say I've been really impressed with the quality since the return from the break. Um, yes. You don't see a lot of rust in La Liga, which is nice. Um, I did catch a few Premier League games, and, and they're sharp too, but La Liga just seems like a very well-refined game. So if you want a different perspective on football, if you're used to be a Premier League supporter, you should try catching a La Liga game uh, because it's nonstop action right now. So highly, highly recommend. Yes. Yeah. Everyone is so technical in La Liga. It's like they, they don't give the ball away. And it's like yeah. they, they play with so much pride in their passes. It's like it, yeah. it is a, it is so different than the Premier League. Uh, it's it's tough to describe, but uh, I think Joe and I just did a little bit there. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Awesome, man. Any any anything else we should say before we end it off, Joey? No, um, guys, stay tuned for us next week. We'll probably be back again, probably on Thursday. We're going to try to be a little bit more consistent to give you a heads up of, of when to tune in. But um, other than that, Benny, I think just give a shout out for our social media and then we can wrap this one up. Hell yeah. All right, bros. So follow us <laughs> on follow us also, the Batista Report on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we're, we are uh, heavily involved in, in making insta polls now and so to kind of keep you guys involved so uh, please 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 uh follow us there and, and stay active with that and leave a review that really helps us out we're actually going to start shouting everybody's review out that gives it to us and then leave a leave a rating if, if you like what you're hearing and then the best part i think of all of this is just share with your mates if you like it yeah and ben if you can dude a little plug here but uh i'm one of the polls who, who did we have respond Ooh, that's a good one, Joe. Former Dutch right back also just responded and uh, and voted on one of our polls. I was pretty I was pretty hyped about that. He, he plays he plays in the MLS now, but uh, yeah, that was pretty dope. <laughs> Dude, Vander Veel, bro, Vander Veel. That's so sick. Like, yeah, he was a huge player. He's tatted as fuck, but. Dude, uh, he's checking out the Regista report, so what we're saying, you guys should too, okay? Hell yeah. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Catch you guys next week.